Hello everybody and welcome to another episode. We are here for the good bit and we are very, very grateful that you are here. We thank you for downloading this exciting episode. We hope you find it as exciting as we are right now here on the Good Bit Podcast. Hello again everybody, my name is Chris and I'm joined once again as ever by Aaron Docker. Aaron, are you well? I'm well. Hey, you're good at that. You just, you just those intros just spill out of you. I'm good at intros. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I can see you now. It just comes out of nowhere. Listen, I, I, it's, it's, it's experience. I, we were talking about this That's before right. we, we started recording. I'm much more comfortable as the host. You I'm are. much easier talking to people than I am being speaking to. Yep. So if you say something and I don't listen, I'm sorry. Uh, also, jo- <laughs> also joining us this week, we're very, very lucky to have the one and only Ian Grieve on the show. Ian, are you well? Hey, I'm well, I'm alive, and I'm here. And and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. It's a good matters. day. Yeah. It's a good day for you to be on the good bit, especially considering the fact we're talking about a classic movie today um, that I couldn't <laughs> believe that you hadn't seen before. I yeah, you're cried. just saying because I'm old enough to remember it. Yeah, I was alive <laughs> when it came out. Yeah, um, no, I never saw it. I never saw it. I never really. Yeah, I never really went to see. Um, I, I suppose I went to see the Bond films in the eighties, but I was too busy with you know girls. Nineteen eighty four. I had my first proper girlfriend. Really. You know? And so I was distracted, and the cinema was certainly not something I was interested in. Um, and, uh, or, you know, lots of cultural things have just flew over my head in 1984 because right. I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. Well, so, either, neither Aaron or I were born in 1984, so it'll be interesting to get those different perspectives as we uh-huh. chat about it. But before we get there, we have to do our weekly check in with Aaron's new job. I don't know if you've been listening the past couple of weeks, Ian, but uh, Aaron has told us that he's now delivering for Hermes while we're in lockdown. Um, which is a great lockdown job, Fantastic. I must say, uh, and it's yeah. providing some good stories for the podcast. So, Aaron, please update us on this past week in Aaron's life in the Hermes business. I mean, I tell you, it's hard, it, I don't know if I have any stories. I mean, it's been it's been another week. Uh, we, I did have I did have the worst day ever, actually. I suppose the worst day delivering on right. must have been Thursday. Just one of these days that I didn't really see it coming. And it kind of made me realize why not everyone is a delivery driver in their spare time. <laughs> Everybody's cut out for it. When I, was, when I first had my first few weeks, I was going, why doesn't everybody do this? The money's right. quite good. It's easy. You just drive. And now I realized why. Because it's outside and it can rain. Ah, yes. And then that just makes everything terrible. Um, yeah. So I had a bad day. I mean, I was using my fo- You have to use your phone. Your phone gets wet. You can't use your phone. You're drenched. You're in your right. car, your car smells of wet, the parcels are wet, every customer's like, why is it all wet? It's like, well, it's raining. No, bad day. <laughs> uh, but I've recovered from that, and I'm, I'm still going, I'm still doing it. Well, let's so, be honest, if, if the worst thing that can happen on a Hermes day is that it rains, you know, well, you could well, be mugged, I is, suppose, that could be bad. I could be mugged, I could, yeah. And what and what what about flats and tenements? Because I always feel guilty. I live on the third floor, and I'm always feeling guilty about um, you know the, the the delivery guys. Yeah, especially the one that delivered. I mean, I had a very heavy, very heavy thing the other week, and I felt so bad. I couldn't look him in the eye. <laughs> what was it that you was know? delivered? I had I bought I bought a guitar amp for my. Oh, that is you know, I was practicing guitar, and. Uh, and <laughs> Poor guy, he was, he was, you know, because he was quite fit, you know, but there's no way I'd have managed it. I so, you were um, going to say something like a piano or something, and I was like, 
Well, yeah, well, you know, it's that's another thing, you know. But I, so how do you manage with that? I mean, it must be a fitness regime, Aaron. I mean, it you keeps know. you it keeps you up and going, that's for sure. But yeah, I do when I'm looking at the addresses and it's sort of six B McDougall mm-hmm. Avenue. I'm 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 a bit depressed. I know it's a flat. <laughs> Even if it is a small thing, it just takes more time. You got to buzz yeah. in. You got to buzz every flat just to get in. Half the time yeah. they don't answer. Yeah. Really? And then what, what happens if there's no lift or whatever? You just need to like oh, hope never it's not a, a guitar amp or whatever. I have never seen a lift in any flat I've been in in Perth. I'll say that. There no you go. Neither have I, to be fair. I don't know where I'm not. It's not like it's New York or whatever, but I'm just saying. When was the last time you were in a flat in Perth, Chris? <sighs> I've never been in a flat in In fact, I've never been in a flat You reminded me of 1984 again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. There weren't last any lifts. Time, Yes, in the year of 1984, we all watched the Terminator. Um, oh, yes. No, because because I've been to I've been to both your houses actually in Perth, and it's always been it's always been nice and pleasant. I've never had to use the lift. Your house in Perth, Aaron, is like a house that a Bond villain would own, though. Well, it's pretty yeah, I, I am a Bond villain after all. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't live there anymore. Actually, I live closer to where oh, you right. used to live, uh, Ian. I Do live you? in Schoon, at the very edge of Schoon. Okay, Schoon, very nice place. My mother was born there. Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, yes, it used to be a very small village. It's quite big now. It's expanded a lot. Right. I've, um, I've never yeah. been, so hopefully one day we can bring the good bit to Schoon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you were in Perth, Ian? Um, it was on my wife's birthday last February. We uh, I, I took her for a surprise meal in a restaurant in Perth and invited a couple of pals along to that that she didn't expect but that was right before lockdown i suppose a few weeks before so that was the last time i was up because i've kind of been you know uh what's it called shielding or isolating sort of since then you know um so i've not been up no since then um and the last time i was away from perth that long i forgot i didn't know the way home because uh, they changed it all I, when i was at college i remember I, I got an overnight train home from Guildford and uh, arrived in the morning and my mum used to work in Dunn's art store so I would get off the train go to her work get the the car and the house keys from her and say All right, I'll see you later get the car and then drive home and um, and I remember arriving home once and couldn't find my way home I knew where I was trying to go but they changed the road system <laughs> it was really really weird <laughs> <laughs> it happened while I was away. So, yes, I tend not to stay away too long, just in case that happens just again. Yeah. You start yeah. panicking, don't you? Um, yeah. You've mentioned Bond a couple of times there, and as we know, um, Bond is like your favourite movie franchise. Would you say that? Would you say it's like your favourite movie franchise ever? You know, ever? Um, yeah. It's, it's not even my favourite. It's just part of my part right. of me, because yeah. I've, I've been a fan of it since I was seven, eight, yeah, and and being a fan of of films, I, I I still say this. I think being a fan of something in those days meant you were more committed in a way, or or it was ingrained in you more, like because you didn't have access to DVDs and you couldn't watch mm. it all the time. So if it, yeah. if, it, if if one arrived on yeah. TV, it was a massive event, and if they arrived at the cinema, it was a massive deal, you know. So um, I find that really interesting because 
because my generation is extremely spoiled, you know, that we have Netflix and Amazon and Disney Plus and all these DVDs and all these Blu-rays mm, and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, I was born in the 90s, so I, I do remember when you didn't have very many VHSs and that sort of thing to watch. Um, yeah. And I just can't cast my mind back to that time. Like, now when I yeah. want to watch something, I literally just watch it. Yeah. You know, there was never that, like, yeah. I really want to get this on video or I really want uh-huh. to find this somewhere. So that must be interesting. Um, I don't think it's any less intense. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that fans aren't really fans right. anymore. I mean, I, th- I still think they're quite intense. It's just different. It's just, it's just a different way of being fans about yeah, it. There's, you there's know. more stuff now, isn't there? There's more stuff yeah. to, to uh-huh. buy and collect and that sort of thing, which makes it really uh-huh. interesting. And yeah, speaking, no, well, yeah, right. In those days, I mean, if you could find a paperback, right. ta- a film tie-in, that was exciting because yeah. there was different photos in it, you know, or, st- or something. You could probably get excited over a couple of different photos, you know? Absolutely, yeah, because that was, that was your contact with it, you know, that was, that was it, so... Yeah, and I, I yeah, I'm gutted. Uh, I mean, I, I can't believe there's been a Bond film in the world this long, and I've yeah. not seen it. That's what I was going to say. So, yeah, that's that's where I was going with that. Like, so it's oh, it's, it's driving me mad. Delayed driving. all the way to October again. Um, we yeah. Aaron and I chatted about the film Knives Out a couple of weeks ago on the show, which yeah. stars the amazing Anna de Armas, who is in No Time to Die. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of, I mean, I'm such a big fan of her. I'm such a big fan of Daniel Craig, who was also in Knives Out, of course. Yeah. Um, and it's the first time. So I saw Spectre in the cinema, and I saw Skyfall in the cinema, and I believe I also saw Casino Royale um, back in 2006. Yeah. But it, I've never really had this moment where it's been like, oh yes, I can't wait for the next Bond film, and here's the release day, and we're all going to go uh-huh. and have this big event. Now we have the good bit, and I've got the YouTube channel and things like that. I'm looking forward yeah. to such a big film coming out, like No Time to Die, that we can have some yeah. sort of celebration for, you know? No, that would be fantastic. I mean, count me in on that. But I, yeah. I think the anticipation, though, is fantastic. It's like Christmas, you know, uh, in many ways. The, the anticipation of leading up to it is the good I can bit. imagine, yeah. You, know, I see what I did there. you can come um, back anytime. <laughs> Do you know, and then when you see it, there's a kind of deflation as you figure it out, and then you have to. I always go and see them about two or three times, yeah. and, and and try and get this, you know, get them in my head, and yeah, and then it's, it's a yeah. Then you become uh, deflated, but then you can get to the point where you're discussing it again, you know. So yeah. I was actually a wee bit disappointed with Spectre, a wee bit. Yeah, um, I get that. In the end, it, it was a bit. There was bits of it that were just a wee bit flat, I thought. Yeah. I couldn't figure it out. Um, anyway, we're not talking about that today, though. No, I was going to tell you, actually, for Christmas, my sister got me uh, the entire James Bond um, Blu-ray set that goes uh-huh. from Doctor No to Spectre. And because I'm, I'm very... James Bond is a, is a total like hole in my knowledge of films. I'm quite good with like big franchises and that sort of thing, but with Bond films, yeah. I'm really, really lacking... And yeah. there's so many, you know, there's so many films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been looking for that set for ages, so I was lucky to get that for Christmas. So um, I've seen Doctor No before, but I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to start from the beginning. And whether it's a YouTube series or something, maybe I'll maybe I'll chat about them and I could use you for some, yeah. some reference. No, I'd like to do that. I've not done that, actually. I'd like to get the Blu-rays. I've, I've thrown all the DVDs out, actually, so right. I, I need to get the Blu-rays and I, I want to watch all them again, yeah. Uh, but I mean, even Marvel though they've made the same amount of movies in ten years, you know, and right. that's a hell of an achievement. I watched all them again recently. Yeah, I was going to say that to you. How, wife, how yeah. obviously we chatted about it last week, but tell tell the listeners how was that doing that through lockdown, watching all the MCU films? It was brilliant. I mean, we did them in about a week, two weekends, and, and then the week in between, you know. And my wife hadn't seen any, so we just sat and watched them all and in order. And it was uh, it was great seeing them. I mean, I I'd. Um, Forgotten, I hadn't noticed a lot of the details first time round when I was watching yeah. them six months apart. That's you the know. beauty of it, isn't it? 
Yeah, and uh, it's so clever. It's so clever, and I'm quite enjoying the 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 beginnings of the next uh, phase, if you like. The uh, I quite like One Division. I think it's quite. Uh, I really like the the newest episode. Uh, I thought it was really good. Yeah, it? yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to. It looks like Black Widow's coming on Disney Plus, so that's right. good. So uh, yeah, just um, it's um, it, I really enjoyed that very very much. Ah, yeah, yeah so. I started watching the Agent Carter. TV show this week, you know about um, uh-huh. that character. Peggy. Good. It's Peggy, yeah. Mm. It's, it's um, still set in sort of the World War Two sort of time, and yeah. I really like uh-huh. her character and stuff. And I watched First Avenger this week and just liked her character and like the style of it. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch those those episodes. There's only yeah, two seasons, idea, and actually, um, that's a good call. I've not done that. I've not done. I either, tried so Marvel I Agents of Shield, and I got about well, three seasons in, and then I got a wee bit tired of it. But there's so many episodes and so yeah. many seasons, and, and then when you watch it, say you're going to watch it in chronological order, it's like okay, next before the next film, it's episodes yeah. 22 to 26 of season seven, and it's yeah, like I can't do that. it's a bit too much, isn't it? <laughs> that's um, just, that's Aaron, have you uh, have you watched anything this week other than Terminator? Uh, no, like you say, I'm I've, I'm still a bit off the wagon in terms of watching uh, good quality. Well, that, that's what we're doing. You know, the, the whole good uh, new season thing is like we're trying to get back on the wagon. I'm aren't still we? on reality TV. I can't I can't escape it. <laughs> it's game shows for me, Aaron. Oh, I'm I, love game shows. I get you. There. I'm stuck on the chase oh, the and chase. pointless oh. and. Well, Chase is my favorite. I was watching the wheel for a bit, you know, and and I found my life is my life. I feel like I'm in Black Mirror, you know. My life is watching game shows. <laughs> Hasn't the wheel got the best theme song of a quiz show ever? Yeah, you heard the, the wheel theme song. It, you hear it once and you get stuck in your head. Yeah, all, I know. All it's a, a, an earworm. I think they, they call yeah. it. Isn't it? I was watching a classic episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Just because that's what I do. Yeah. I'm only twenty three. <laughs> Um, and it was it was a classic episode, and it had Mark LeBet on it. You know the beast from the chase, and it was when he was a yeah. he was a contestant. And um, it went to an ad an ad break, and I was just standing there, and I was looking at the Blu-rays on my shelf, and I was like, I'm just going to pick up a random film and read about it and see yeah. if I want to watch oh. it this week. And I picked out a Criterion film I've got called Easy Rider. Okay. Um, Dennis Dennis Hopper's Easy Rider, yeah, and I was holding. It, I was like, it's a cool edition, cool cover, and I was reading the details in the back and the special features, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch it this week. Put it back in the shelf. Didn't think anything of it. And the classic millionaire comes back on, and I kid you not, the next question <laughs> was, what is the main form of travel used in the film Easy Rider? Wow. And it was, or the answer was Harley Davidson. And things like yeah, that happen to uh, me all the time. Yeah. When you're th- especially with films, you're thinking about it, and then it just pops up on your TV screen. It's well, crazy. now would be a good time to enter, then, some said competition, if that's, that's true to you a lot. Uh, what what that's true. bugged me the other, uh, the other day, I said to my youngest daughter, Dulcie, I was going... Why are we watching all these quiz shows and not actually playing games and right. around the coffee table? Right. Why are we? We've got to the stage where we're watching other people in quizzes and not taking part in them ourselves. <laughs> you know. So yeah, have you ever applied to be on a show? So, no, no, no. Wouldn't that be brilliant though? Imagine us on the well, case. Maybe not. No. <laughs> the, the, the one thing I would say: the reality TV I've been watching is about renovating houses. Oh, called yes. Block, uh, and it's an Australian program. I don't know if you've seen yeah. it. It is on Prime. But I now have this, uh, taken on a project. There is a sort of garagey outhouse thing in this house in Scoon that is uh-huh. full of rubbish. And I am going to renovate it. In fact, I've started. I'm going to make it a gym. That's fantastic. There you go. So movies can't, can't do okay. that to you. So, so you're going to look like Chris Evans quite soon then. Well, I've, I genuinely have been inspired. I, I I remember growing up, all these sort of 
trade jobs like being a plumber or a carpenter, they're sort of totally not on my radar or anyone at school. It's like, you don't want to be that. Yeah. You want to you be this. You want to be an actor. It's like, but now seeing these young, you get young people my age who are just brilliant carpenters. I'm just like, I want to be you. Right, yeah. What, what yeah. have I done this for? Uh, Do you know what I mean? My, my, my oldest daughter's doing that. She's got a thing called Flip It now where she takes pallets that people are throwing away and turns them into furniture. Love that. I love She's that. Brilliant idea. I followed the Insta this week, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, Looks good. It's, it's great. I think there is that thing, though, in us, though. Maybe it's a, a lockdown thing, Aaron. I don't know. I'm into getting shitty old guitars and then, and then, and then upgrading them and stuff like that. I'm doing that to a guitar at the moment. I'm just take the neck was rubbish off it goes i've redone the you, body and all that and I'm, you showed me a guitar you'd you'd done up a long yeah i did one and, a while ago yeah yeah but like, i'm doing it again, you did it again. <laughs> it's, it's just something to do you know, know it's just it's, it's it's um a fun i think this idea of creating things and being being creative there's a lot of it about at the moment and it's uh, it's very healthy isn't it because it's i don't know yeah. if it's the fact that obviously lockdown has taken away all acting work but i find myself now more than ever watching something and going you know maybe i could do that just anything yeah. anything yeah. anyone's doing i could do that for a job whereas yeah. before when i was when i was acting it was not in my conscious whatsoever i was doing what yeah. i was doing but now see re repair shops done that for me i'm now thinking you can't you mustn't throw anything away it can be fixed yeah you know <laughs> yeah uh, i am um, i have to admit like i've been on a total lull with with acting through lockdown my, my motivation and that sort of thing was really low um kind of mid 2020 um and i love watching films and, and, and things like that and behind the scenes things that kind of reignite that we kind of interest Spark, yeah. you know um this week i saw a film online it was a film made for Chinese New Year. It was called Nayan, I believe it's pronounced. And it was by a director called Lulu Wang. I've just looked it up. It was all completely shot on an iPhone 12. Right. Um, and it was, it was a short film. Wow. It was like 12, 13 minutes. But the whole thing was shot on a phone. And it is about this young girl who is imagining that there's a monster in the forest and stuff. And she goes in and it's real. And her parents don't believe her. And she's trying to convince her parents that it's real and all that sort of thing. And she befriends the monster and stuff. And it's just this beautiful film. And I was sitting there thinking, like, you know, that's been shot on a phone. Um, how many ideas have I had? How many creative people am I surrounded with in life? You know, we could write something really quickly. We yeah. could go and shoot it on our phones and boom, there you go. I think so. that's the thing that uh, Coppola always uh, dreamed about when he was making right. films and the, when he was one of the, the main mavericks, he always used to, to talk about this idea of just being able to grab a camera and make a movie. You know, yeah. he loved the idea of, you know, no matter, you know, beg, borrowing and stealing and just making your movie. And now we're so able to do that more than ever, you know. Um, yeah. And it's it's just about being inspired and as you say, having the being bothered to do it. You know, we don't yeah. necessarily need massive amounts of funding just to get a film made. I mean, people are making films in lockdown in their house, you know, somehow. Right. Uh documentary type things or whatever. But yeah, I know there's been lots of like Tangerine was another one a few years ago that was made with right. an iPhone ten. And I mean they had attachments and they had uh, you know, different kind of um, what do you call them? So, um, not, the, not steady cams exactly, but what are they called? Uh, the, yeah, oh, the, no, the things the, that yeah stabilize the. Yeah, I the stabilizers. Yeah, think, things like that, and um, but fantastically done because the quality is so yeah. good. You know, the, 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 what they're able to do. Uh, but yeah, I know I'm fascinated by that as well. People experimenting with that. 
very much. So maybe who knows? Maybe we could make a film. What and film was it? Schoon. Lulu Wang. What it, film was it? It was called Nayan. It's Nayan, on YouTube. Right, yeah. Um, N I A N. It's nice. It's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we are done watching all of our films and we're done doing the podcast in Schoon, we can all go to Aaron's lovely new gym. We could make it. We'll all in look Schoon. like. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. See what I did there. there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, all oh, right. You we're, see, we're on track now. How, how far we could maybe actually spend the next hour just annoying Chris by taking it away from <laughs> taking the away subject again, Aaron, and then he's constantly trying to bring it back. He did bring it about my gym. So <laughs> the things I want to put in there. <laughs> what do you want to put in the gym? I want to upcycle a treadmill. Uh, I'm going to make one from hand. <laughs> Renovate. I, I, you can make one yourself, and then you can put it in the in the gym. No, listen. I'm I'm all for. Listen, we need the small talk on the show. We can we just. I, I just well aware I'm going to, need to edit this afterwards. We're, we're going to get like, to the end and going. Well, did you like it? Yeah. yeah. No. Anyway, see you no, next week. All right. Okay. See you next week. <laughs> well, listen. If you have anything else to chat about, that's fine. But let's let's chat about some let's chat about some Terminator, shall yeah, we? Um, okay. It did make me think of a lot about these uh, '80s films and stuff. It, yeah, and, it's very uh, easy, isn't it? Um... It made me think about something. This isn't actually very off topic, but something I think I remember you, Ian, saying on the rap chat. You said something Ooh. about the eighties are glorified, and you were there, and you said they were shit. Well, I yeah, that. I mean, the seventies were absolutely shit for me, <laughs> but right. um, uh, and the the eighties became less shit as you got older and discovered, right. you know, you, where you grow up and you discover sort of mu- being a mu- uh, being a musician and and stuff like that. That was all exciting, yeah. You know that idea that you could do that, the discovering, um, you know, um, other activities, uh, adult activities, and stuff like this, and what have you, is always very exciting. Um, but for the most part, the eighties, yeah, it was well. We were dealing with I was a young person in, in a Thatcher world, you know, yeah. and uh, we don't want to get into that too much. No. But uh, it was, right. yeah, you, your expectation when you left school was was not to do very much, to be unemployed. You know, you left school and signed on, and and I secondary school, all that, it was just a miserable place. Um, but the 80s, suddenly colour came back into the 80s, you know, and the exciting things about the 80s for me was about hanging about with mm. bands and and uh, sort of doing theatre and stuff like that. I don't know about mortal people, but for me, that got me through, mm. you know. Uh, I mean, my life began on the 28th of January 1980 right. when I joined the drama club, you know, in, back in Perth. And I remember the date and I remember my life wow. completely changing because I was, when I look back on it, I was, bloody miserable up to then you know wow i had a nice family life and everything but but i mean the 80s mm. was about there was lots of people going around pretending they were very very rich yeah you know like like duran duran and the people in dallas and dynasty but the truth of the matter was that nobody not a lot of people were mm. <laughs> um because you were signing on and then i was a yop i was part of thatcher's yop scheme and there was a yop scheme in the theatre in Perth, and that's when I oh, wow. sort of started working there a lot. And um, but you got paid twenty five pounds a week, and by the time you'd, you know, you'd, that wasn't a lot, <laughs> you know. And and we were working. I worked in the library for a while in a yop yeah. scheme and that. And so, I mean, there was opportunities. I certainly don't look back on it and think, you know, oh, it were, it were hard, yeah. you know. Um, uh, and and I there was a I loved. The pals yeah, I had yeah. at the time, and the and, and the activities, and 
It was always very busy. So, so in many ways, the eighties was was fun. That's where I ended up. But, um, but yeah, there was an awful lot of hardship in the eighties still, uh, and it sort of gets brushed under the carpet. And it's only in retrospect, looking back at it, I see lots of programs examining the eighties, examining the industries falling apart and the hardships and the strikes and all that kind of thing. You think, okay, I I sort of pretty had it. I had it pretty easy, I suppose, in yeah, comparison. You know, so. just for like yeah. Chris. Yeah. Our generation, like we see the eighties through content and art and like films like yeah. there. Like mm-hmm. we have a very clear vision of what we think the eighties eighties right. was. It's really uh-huh. interesting to hear. You know, I mentioned Easy Rider before, right? That's that was brought out in nineteen sixty. And it, there's not like a start, middle and end of the film. It is literally a snapshot of what America was supposed to be like in terms of freedom and what you'd want to do in the 60s, people just riding around America, going from place to place, not having a real home and just, you know, loving life on a motorbike and meeting all these new people and taking all these drugs and stuff. So to me, watching that film, I was like, well, this is what someone is saying about 1960s America, you know? But I I wasn't there. I don't know what it was actually like. Well, actually, Easy Rider was 1970, I think, and it was more about the distrust in America at the time because of Nixon and the Vietnam War. And and I'm not a social uh, historian or anything like that, so I'm not pretending to be. I was just, you know, a person that was around at the time not really paying attention because I was too busy having sex. But... or not, or whatever, <laughs> you know, in the 80s. Right, but, yeah. Uh, well, do you know what I mean? It was, sorry, that sounded flippant. I don't mean it no, like no, that. No, no, what I mean, I mean is that you, you're you not yeah. always focusing on what's going on around you at the time, you know. But yeah. at the time, uh, people were very terrified about the prospect of nuclear war. It was a very real thing in 1984, in, in the early 80s, and you've got Reagan, who's at odds with the Iranians, and... Um, and doing things with the Contras and all this sort of thing. You were, mm. there was a standoff, you know, there was, and, and Star Wars was happening. That was a thing about putting nukes in space, you know, and all this right. kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and um, they were having to have treaties to maybe reduce. There was, there was enough nuclear arms to, to blow the world up 10 times over and everyone in it, you know, and it was, it was a very frightening thing. Um, the whole mad thing, you know, mutually assured destruction, um, and 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 everybody was imagining a future where there would inevitably be a nuclear war, and there would yeah. and the future would be a devastated place. Because you look at all the future stuff in eighties, even Back to the Future doesn't see the future Absolutely. as being a better place to be. Yeah. You know, and we've passed that date now. Yeah, twenty fifteen, right? We've nearly reached twenty twenty seven, and it's nowhere. You know, it doesn't resemble yeah. what, what's being projected. And so people were pessimistic yeah. about the future because of the threat of nuclear war and because they didn't have a lot of faith in the politicians who were in charge necessarily, you know. Yeah. Um, good point. So that was quite real. So, so there was a dystopian kind of obsession that, you know, oh, things are going to go tits up. We might, you know, sooner yeah. or later, you know. Um, it's such an interesting decade for films too because it's almost got its own genre now, isn't it? Like you don't okay. really hear, oh, what's your favourite Naughties film, really? You can have that in a conversation, yeah. but it's not like, you know when you go on like Sky whatever, or Now TV or whatever, and it's got like its own category of the 80s, yeah. you know, it's such an interesting time, but I don't know I if suppose, it's just because the industry changed so much in that decade, I don't know. I think culturally there was, 
what watching Terminator just then reminded me of was MTV. Right. It's all the effects, the lightning, the smoke. There's, uh, you know, the the production values you would get in the Terminator is the same as the production values you get in a Michael Jackson video, you know, mm. or or a Pat Benatar film video or something, you know. Um, and you had things like American Werewolf in London, and I was thinking about uh, whenever I think of James Cameron, I get mixed up with John Carpenter. Yes, me too, actually. Uh, and he's sort of in with Halloween and. Uh, Escape from New York, Escape and from like New that. York, and uh, the Thing, and films like that. Big Trouble in Little Christine, China, and yes, indeed, yeah. And uh, and I was thinking about Cat People, and I was other films like that. You know, just at the time where and pop because pop music was very much involved in it. You had bands like Tangerine Dream doing the score for a lot of films, and uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. It was just that <laughs> sort of um, there was a real mixture of David Bowie doing the mu- doing music right. for. Um, cat people, you know, and all that sort of thing, or, or at least doing the, the the song from it, you know. Yeah. So the MTV sensibility really kicks into cinema, I think. Then, and that's what maybe gives it that. And 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 band videos becoming more cinematic at the same time, right? You know, like Duran Duran and Wild Boys and all this kind of thing. Yeah, Thriller, Thriller, yeah, indeed. So, I think that's maybe what makes eighties culturally so strong and and. And sets it sets it in it on its own as a genre, maybe. Yeah. Because towards the end of the eighties, I think less so. It's okay. Really, we're talking about the first. That's what I mean. Like, the, 80s, like the whole really. thing changes throughout that decade. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and watching the Terminator reminded me actually. Good. Good point making that there because it reminds me of a John Carpenter film actually. Something like I watched. They mm. live for the first time this year, oh, or, yeah. or late uh-huh. twenty twenty, and this kind of has the same vibe, I guess, because like they live is all about people who are not really understanding what they are and who they are and how they have like a negative effect on the world and i guess that's the same with the terminator but it's the same sort of vibe two different you know well-respected filmmakers and i feel like i've always had a big admiration for james cameron but i've not seen the titanic and i've not seen um is what you know any other big films he's done you know yeah Um, and i've only seen the terminator one time before this and i've never seen t2 which is like the big one everyone talks about yeah now i'm interested to watch now after watching this again um and i'd seen the first terminator before um, but it was one of those ones where it wasn't like, I'm going to sit down and watch this film and really absorb it and take notes and doing all that stuff. Um, it may have just been on one night and, you know, other things were going on. Um, so it was interesting sitting watching it this week, knowing that I would have to talk about it for a bit on a podcast. I don't know how you found watching it for the first time. No, it was, it was strange. I, I, always, I had a weird feeling when the opening credits started because, honestly, when you suggested Terminator last week, I was like... Right, okay, I'll, ha- I'll have to. And I, I literally watched it like two hours ago. Like I left it last minute. I didn't want to watch right. it. It's like, I don't know. It's not in my, it's not what I feel like. And I can't, with these iconic films, like that sort of start some sort of, sort of revolutionary films that start some sort of thing that's never been done maybe. Yeah. Like they sort of become parodies of themselves. And if they've not been part of your childhood and if you've not seen them before, okay, you yeah. sort of, I when I think Terminator, I thought, right, these classic Arnold Schwarzenegger saying classic lines, and uh, it's all going to be very whatever. But when when it starts, you start of actually realize that it's quite epic and quite serious. Like I feel like these iconic films in everyone's minds who hasn't seen them become comedies because you think of Terminator, I think of I'll be back, and I think of a parody right. of that. Yeah. So yeah. I think comedy. It's a weird thing. 
Because Arnie hadn't discovered comedy at this point either. You know, no, he right. hadn't discovered that he was funny. Uh, this is, I think, this is one of his first film, wasn't it? Or his first. Um, well, he's, he's young enough to be full frontal nudity at the start of the film, so he must be. Oh, yeah, I know. Young Buns of steel. I know. Yeah, absolutely. He was having the time of his life. Yeah, and a perfect role for him. I mean, not no acting involved. No, uh, <laughs> right. I know. Uh, I mean, just I don't. It's a funny. I think what you just said, Darren, is really interesting because it's that I, I thought about that too. I thought this is a nostalgic treat for a lot of people watching the Terminator again. But for me, it wasn't nostalgic because I never, right. I never watched it before. Right. <laughs> so it was there was no nostalgia for me. It was just, but I recognised it as the elements in it as being the eighties. And that reminded me of, it reminded me of things like weird science where there was a couple of guys who made a perfect girl, you right. know, <laughs> and uh, Kelly LeBrock turns up, you know, um, I don't know if you've seen that one, but that would be uh, in terms of eighties. There you go. You know? Yeah. Um, but the, there was this, um, yeah, that 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 idea of the even the music wasn't terribly nostalgic. But eighties music is nostalgic for me. But you you have to have experienced it at the time for it to be nostalgic now, and it so, right. that's, so it didn't have that connection. But it did make me think. There's an awful lot of stuff in there. What was interesting to me about it was like when uh, little things, like when the guy goes to the phone book and he finds right. Sarah Connor in the phone book. And I was thinking, phone books? Oh, what yeah. an incredible <laughs> concept where you would have a book with everyone's name, address, and phone number in it. And you could just go into a telephone booth and just get anybody's number. Nowadays, you would, only get, you would only get a prostitute's number in there. And even they've got better security. You know, they're not giving away their address and stuff like that. Right, yeah. So the actual thing, that the, the fact that these things existed at all now is amazing to me. You know, it's yeah. like, I can't believe you could just look up where anybody lived. <laughs> well, I was um, in a phone box. You know, what I was most shocked about was that, you know, and I had in my head that the Terminator, the character, and Arnie is like all in this film and it's nothing but him going around shooting folk and, He's awesome and badass and epic, and there's all these explosions and stuff. But yeah. I mean, he's hardly really—he doesn't do much, does he? Just he's like he's essentially the baddie, you know. Yeah. And then it's all yeah. about Kyle and, and and Linda Hamilton's character, Sarah Connor. Indeed, I, 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 that's the I mean, it's a fantastic idea. The central idea is brilliant, and 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 obviously, I think far too big for the f for for that yeah, movie. Right? The, you know, there's so much they could have done with that. Today basic premise and and i suppose that's why they've spawned so many things ever since you know because you can you can really examine it um and it's very greek in a way you know the whole idea of this guy unwittingly sending his father back in time to father him <laughs> and protect the mother right. you know and all this kind of thing you know um so, so, so that's all quite interesting, you know. Uh, uh, and I love the idea. I don't know if anyone's ever used the the line "I'm from the future" to chat up women, but I don't know if it works. Maybe it would work. I don't know. Maybe people um, can phone in, you know. <laughs> Get us on Twitter. At Have the they ever tried point. it? Have they ever tried that yeah. line? Um, yes, I agree. I find it interesting what you're talking about. Like, um, it's not nostalgic for you, even though the sort of era is, you know. I find yeah. that when you show someone, you know, Star Wars or Back to the Future or even something as new as Harry Potter yeah. for the first time, who has never seen it before. So I, I'd never, I didn't watch Harry Potter when I was younger. Mm. The first time I watched Harry Potter was like 2017 or something. My sister showed me it and she's like quoting everything because she grew up with the films and she's telling me all these moments that are about to come up and these yeah. wee, you know, Easter eggs in it that I would never known about yeah. and stuff. 
Well, that's what I would... Like, yeah, yeah, you know. I'd never um, force the Bond films on people for that very reason, you know, right. because it, it was a... You know, your experience of them is at the time and the place and, the, and you know, the age you were when you saw them, the circumstances and, and how it excited you. You know, you can never yeah. replicate that on an HDR, an HDV yeah. television in the corner, you know, and say... Yeah, of course you can't, you know. But um Yeah, one one of um Aaron and I's favourite films that we share is Revenge of the Sith, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like it was a Star Wars film that came out in the cinemas when we were seven or eight or whatever, right? Aye. And it was like the perfect time. Yeah. And Anakin's there and Darth Vader yeah. comes and Yoda's jumping about doing backflips and there's all these really cool moments. Um so now when I show younger people revenge of the sith even you know one of the more recent star wars films yeah. i'm just like this is amazing wait till you see it and they're just like yeah right so and i just think that's really interesting i wonder if i sat and watched the terminator with my dad or something who did grow up with it and see it in the 80s you know uh-huh. i wonder if he would be like wait till you see this moment with sarah connor and stuff and would i have sat the way i did this past week and just be like yeah okay that, that was that was the terminator you know yes uh-huh so it was 1984 and me and chris recently have been on a bit of a star wars kick we're big into it and i'm re-watching them and etc i found myself really in the first sort of half an hour 45 minutes interested in all the the ways they got around the limitations of the time like no cgi mm. and using different techniques right. and i was in it was like that's com- that's completely lost now that sort of ingenuity and cleverness and uh, creativity <laughs> and sort of filmmaking it's all it's all computers now. It's a bit of a shame. Um, but I yes. then thought, having watched the old Star Wars recently, I never thought that during them. Like I just thought, what plane was George Lucas on that, and his team around him that clearly not everyone else was on? Like, How did he come up with these timeless films? Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you know the story about when George Lucas was showing an early cut of Star Wars to his friends, his friends being uh, Martin Scorsese, Brian De Palma, uh, Steven Spielberg and Coppola and et al. and John Melius and people like that. And he showed them an early cut where all the all the uh, X-Wing stuff and all the space stuff, he, he put in uh, footage of the Second World War of airplanes wow. oh, really? in there because he hadn't done the special effects yet. And they all thought he'd gone mad and he was crazy. And they were saying, please don't do this, don't do this, don't, you're going to kill your career, except right. Spielberg. Spielberg was the only one who said, you've got to finish this, this is brilliant. He was the yeah. only one who had the same sensibility, the same childishness maybe, or sense of uh, you know appreciation of the early Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers serial yeah. kind of thing, which is, I think the later films forget that that's where they're from. Uh, actually, that's why I think the first three, they, they've got that ingredient, and I, I think the subsequent sequels and even the last three don't quite have that same spirit of, it's maybe not fair, actually. I think J.J. Abrams had a bit of that in him. You know, uh, I think Force Awakens right. had a bit of that. But um, it's that sense of the, the Saturday morning serial cliffhangery kind of uh, spirit that that was subsequently lost, but I think Spielberg completely understood, whereas the others didn't. You know, he he really yeah. was on to something that was 
I think incredibly brave. That's the thing. Nowadays, it's much much easier to sort of you know, follow the coattails. But when when you when you when you have somebody who is completely flying in the face of uh, contemporary opinion and and thought, that's when you've got a real yeah. hero. I think you know um, someone who's that's why they that's why they come together so much. You know, making yeah, all these classic adventure yeah. films together because they seem to click. You know, and I, I, mm. I, this happens every episode. We always go back to Star Wars, but we can't help it. We just it right. seems to be our thing. Did you see the the Mandalorian extras that were on Disney Plus? It was like the is it like Disney Gallery or something? And it's John Favreau, and it's like a round table with all the directors of oh, the I've episodes. I've not seen that. No, I've seen of, Mandalorian. Of the Mandalorian. I've seen that. Yeah. Um, so they're all sitting. So it's like half the episodes of these extras. They're all sitting around a ground table with like uh, Dave Filoni and um, Bryce Dallas Howard and people who have directed the episodes, um, yeah. and Taika Waititi who is off his nut and stuff. Yes, um, I love him. Around chatting, and then and then the rest <laughs> of the episode is about like the behind the scenes stuff and they show the CGI stuff and all the the green screens and the blue screens and all this stuff. And I do feel like it does take away a little bit of my enjoyment of it because I'm just like I kind of. I kind of don't want to know. I'm like you know that. I mean? Yeah, I agree, Chris. I, I don't like watching special features. I like watching gag reels, but I don't like watching special yeah, features because it's like magic. I think at the heart of why I like theatre, ever like theatre in the first place, and, and why I like movies is because I, I like magic. I like magic. I like, mm. And I don't like knowing how it's done. You know, yeah. I love the fact that magic exists as long you as you don't in know it. how it's done. And the minute yeah. you know how it's done, you're you're getting proof as to why it doesn't exist. And I I want to yeah. believe that it exists. You, you know, know, like in, in, in a new hope and stuff, they're out, you know, in yeah. the desert, they're actually shooting it there and they're all burning and yes. you know, worried about their health and stuff yeah. and are they actually gonna make it through the day and stuff. Yeah. Whereas now they can just do it on these big green screens, you know, going, Oh right, so they weren't actually in the desert. Yeah. All right then, that's not as good, you know. Yeah, um, I don't care. I don't want to know. Right, uh, exactly. I'm like that with the Marvel movies as well. It's like, I don't want to know how they made it and I don't want to know. I just want to believe in the lore of the the tales and the story and yeah yeah mm-hmm. do you think that makes it harder then with that made it harder for me with a film like terminator like um obviously it takes itself a lot more seriously than a film like star wars because it's well it's not a kids film um but um yeah. i found in the definitely in the last half an hour when as in all these sort of action blockbuster films everything needs to come to a head and it needs to be action-packed I found myself the most disconnected because every three minutes you sort of go, well, I know that's not real. And of course, when you watch Marvel or Force Awakens, you know it's not real. But for me, I I got a bit tired of the of the the limitations. Suspending your disbelief. You can't do it for, well, I couldn't do it for over an hour. After an hour, I sort of, I, I couldn't get into it, honestly. Right, okay. I was going to ask you because obviously that isn't your type of film. Like oh. I know you well and stuff. I know the sort of thing you you enjoy. Did did you did you enjoy it? Did you manage to sit back and, and take it in as a blockbuster eighties? I really did for 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 about the first first hour and especially the first sort of twenty minutes when they're setting everything up and um, it's yep. very minimal in terms of the um, action pack special effects. They're they're creeping in um, and I thought the storytelling in general was brilliant throughout most of the film, but I. But yeah, towards the end, I just, it it couldn't escape from the. Gets yeah, a bit epic, it, doesn't it? It tries to be epic anyway, and I'm sure it was at the time. But for yeah, for my yes. taste, I just um, I, I I I couldn't believe the last, the last sort of, hurrah. Yeah, when it's just it's you know 
um, it's just not dying and it's just not going away and it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back and stuff. It's just another moment that you just go, right, okay. Yeah, it's like a monster movie, isn't it? It's like a, yeah. well, it's a, it's a sort of slasher movie in a way. You know, it's like a mixture between a slasher and a monster movie. Slasher, because he's killing all these people to get to say, and then um, and a, and a Godzilla movie, yeah, with the the the, uh, the force that can't be uh, killed, and then you've got you know she has to she has to it's it's it is very formulaic in that sense, but you know she has to be the one to yeah, destroy it, of course, because uh, you know that's. Um, it plays against the odds and what have you. Um, but it, I, I think there was there was lots of, I mean, it was going on, it was the whole grandfather paradox thing in time travel and all this kind of thing, where if you go back in time and kill your grandfather, that means you won't exist anymore. Right. But then Mark Ruffalo comes along in, in the Avengers Endgame and basically says that Back to the Future is a lot of pish, you know? <laughs> um, and that's not going to happen. There's going to just be a new future, a new present is created mm. you know and so that can't happen um so so you know that was all gone in the back of my head and the fact that he looked a little bit like ultron and yeah and the fact that, that you know it reminded me a little bit of the xylons and battlestar galactica and all this i'm sounding like a real sci-fi you are but i'm not i'm not but i have watched battlestar galactica i, I tried so, like, watching um, every episode of the original star trek series in the original lockdown i mean it was long. just I, I love star trek but it just i just couldn't i mean it's so 70s 60s tv you know well here's a thing because i i found myself thinking about this and then i promise i'll shut up for a bit no no isn't it funny how in all of cinema and tv we never really get uh, the future right we never really guess it properly it's always we go for too far and we have floating cars or or we right. think there's going to be a nuclear war but star trek in yeah. a sense got it right good point yeah because they yes we've got mobiles and we've got you know absolutely and stuff like that there's elements of star wars that are absolutely on the nail um but the rest of them all kind of got it wrong so that was fun. that is interesting yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to really try and stick to more Star Trek stuff because there's so many different series, you know, um, and there's different versions of it. You know, the, the original series might have been a bit too original <laughs> for me. You know, maybe Next yeah. Generation, things like that, might be a bit more up my street, but um, uh, Arnie's sports thing is not in any of them, so it's not as good. I think what's interesting about Star Wars, you're talking about Star Wars, is that when uh, you were talking about Mandalorian earlier on, and, and both of them are basically cowboy films or yeah. television series. Well, Star Trek and uh, Mandalorian are both based on cowboy television series. You know, that's that's what um, Gene Roddenberry wanted it to be. It was like it was basically cowboys and Indians in space. You know, yeah. and um, but but more PC with uh, race and all that kind of thing. And um, uh, and the Mandalorian's got that real uh, Django kind of uh, Sergio yeah. Leone thing going yeah. on, you know. Uh, and I, I think there's something maybe quite enduring about that—the format that works for people. That swashbuckling format, you know, that, yeah. that still gets people's imaginations. It's—I uh, don't know. Yeah, no, it's well mm. done. It is well done. Mm. Um, and as Adam was saying about the storytelling aspects of the Terminator, there are some really, really nice moments in there. Quite groundbreaking at some points, and are kind of that are ahead of the, ahead of its time um, at points as well. Like, for example, right at the end, right not to spoil things. If you're listening this far, you must have seen the film. Um, you know when when he's, she's she's pregnant now, and she's at the gas station, and the child takes a picture of her. And uh -huh. he, 
gives him gives her the picture and she's now it's like the picture that yeah. um Kyle has in the war. It's the exact same picture and things like that. I just like yeah. moments like that where it's like they've clearly had that in the back of their yeah. mind for the entire film and we're kind of hoping that the audience has had that in the back of their head for the entire film and you're kind of rewarded in a way and I think Marvel do that well and Star Wars do yeah. that on, on occasion where if you've been paying attention the whole time <laughs> you know you'll get a wee reward um, yes. and I, I think that was really that was quite good that was really effective yeah I think all in all it's not a disappointing film no, when no, you look no. back at it it has I think the, the, the bit the story and the premise of it is very strong so so it endures you know whereas uh, I remember watching Halloween recently and that mm. just didn't work for me because it's it's basically long slow shots of her walking and being stalked yeah and you think there's nothing going on there's nothing for me to get engaged with in this it's really is dated whereas, I like the new one you know did you see the yeah. new Halloween film yeah, I didn't mind it. I can't remember anything about it. Yeah, I, I erased it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was a good thing. It was much more. It was um, much cleverer, more more clever than I I, yes. I expected it to be. Terminator, um, very intricate, uh, and I, I assume they were setting themselves up for a sort of you know extended. Yeah, a franchise. Yeah, it's quite it's quite cult like, isn't it? I didn't. Expect, I thought it was going to be more mainstream than it was. Um, and maybe after I watched the other ones, you know, all the way up to like Terminator Genesis, which literally came out about five years are, ago. Are, like, are, how you, are you going to, to do that? Are you going to do the whole lot? Well, I'm definitely going to watch the second one, I think, because that's the one I've always wanted to see, because that's what everyone talks about. But I know, you know, as as you did this week, you know, you hear about it all the time and you think, OK, it's going to be this massive film and you watch it and it's not just going to, it's not going to click as much as it would have done if you lived it, you know. Um, maybe that will happen with Terminator 2, but that seems to be the one that everyone talks about. So I have to watch it and I have to get an opinion. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I sort yeah. of am slightly inclined to do so. I'm intrigued to find out what direction they yeah, take. Yeah, like just get them watched, you know? Yeah. Get an opinion on them. I think I'm going to do that. I certainly think I'll do T2 because that was actually a bigger movie than the first one. In terms of in terms of a cultural awareness, T2 was the big one. You is know, it the just one more with... action, do you think, or is it going to be more... I think they had they had more budget. There was more of a marketing right, thing. Yeah. It had the it had the 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 metal that uh, he he'd found that special effect that meant that you know you could do the morphing thing with them people being made out of metal and then becoming see through. And he used it in a film. I think one of the films John James Cameron did that's forgotten about and it's not as easily accessible. I mean, you can't find it as easily. I think is uh, the Abyss. Mm. I would. Uh, I remember that. I recommend that one. I think things like Alien, Aliens, and the Abyss, and yeah, Aliens is good. I much prefer to the Titanic, uh, Avatar kind of Avatar, thing. Avatar, that's the one I was talking about. Yeah, I've yeah. not seen Avatar either. Maybe I will now, though. Maybe I want to watch Titanic this year. I've never seen it. It's a classic. We should do it on the that's good okay. bit. Yeah. Um, and and I've never seen Avatar either. And it's this big thing that broke all these records and held the records for so long. It's yeah. another film we should probably see and, and talk about on the good bit too. Well, he's got another four of them slated, hasn't he? Really? He's going to, the last one's oh, due out in another four avatars, is it? What? Yeah, yeah. Right. you look on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. Four. They're all planned. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think this going up to Avatar five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Reaching Rocky level. Indeed. But he yeah. is doing a lot of revision. You know, he's, he, there's even going to be a True Lies TV series. So. 
you get maybe you get to a certain age in your career where you start revising old stuff you did rather yeah. than create new stuff. I don't know. Yeah, there's John Carpenter bringing out however many Halloween films. You know, it works for him, so why not just stick with uh, it? Indeed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, just to wrap things up, it was it was a success watching the film. I enjoyed it. Um, there was a couple of really nice moments, like like the car chase with the throwing the pipe bombs back at the motorbike. I thought was actually really good, yeah, and really well uh-huh. done, and putting the pipe bombs in it, like the abdomen of the robot and things like that was, and even just into the truck itself for the big explosion. I actually thought it was really well done, especially for 1984. Yeah, um, yeah indeed. Because yeah. you can see, you know, in other films, even Star Wars with like Return of the Jedi and stuff, which is around the same time as this film, some of the effects and explosions and that sort of thing don't look as good as this you know um so i thought uh, that was interesting and just in general a fun film to watch a big action blockbuster that will set you up as aaron says for the rest of the films and um yeah happy happy we, we watched it and chatted about it what about you guys no i liked it i no i, I liked it more than i thought i would i'll say that uh, yeah, that's yeah. good yeah that's, that's i'm good. glad i had an excuse to have a look at it yeah because it's filled a, a gap yes as it were yes i'm in this kind of kick right now where i just want an opinion on everything you know, yeah. I, I want an opinion on every film, every TV show, every yeah. album, you know, um, and that's just not enough. <laughs> it wasn't the day to do it. Right. Um, yeah. so it's the perfect time watch- to do it. Isn't yeah, it? you're yeah. right. You're right. And I guess that's why I'm watching things like Agent Carter and, and, and these classic films and stuff, because it's, yeah. now it's time to kind of get clued up on these things. But yeah, if, if, if we're all good here and we have nothing else to say about T1, um, we can call it a day to day. What have we got lined up this week then, Aaron? More hair? Oh my gosh, I've got to pick a film. Oh, oh yes, I forgot about that. Yes. Oh, you're talking about Hermes. <laughs> I was going to ask about Hermes, but yes, well, you do have to pick a film. It's your choice for next week, unless we let, uh, we let Ian pick. Oh, oof. I mean, I have nothing in my mind right now, and I also yeah, have no I, I feel like I've just I've just sprung this on you, out and I feel bad about it. But you know, um, we're live. You've not, uh, and you've not thought about it. You've not had time to think about it. Well, uh, no, I, I I didn't last time as well, and I picked the Last Jedi on the fly. And then we have ah. to sit through that, so I've got to really think this time. That was a sucker okay. punch there, but that's fine. Um, okay, <laughs> uh, that's fine. Why don't you just... If Ian doesn't have a film at the top of his head right now that he'd like us to watch and talk about next week, then it's fine. We'll, um, we can, we can well, think about I'm it the sort of, I did mention a film earlier on that uh, I think is, is a little bit... Um, I'm just checking to see, though, if it's available. Well, that's the thing. It can actually... needs to be on Netflix, yeah. Amazon, or Disney, I guess. Aye, so I'm going to have a quick jump on Amazon and uh, and see, you know, like uh, Amazon Prime. But there's a film I mentioned earlier on um, called Cat People. And uh, I just, I don't know, it was a bit of a... Nah, it's not on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so forget yeah. it. I don't think it's on it. Netflix either. 1982, it says. Yeah, 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 no, you can't get it on Amazon. Oh, well, never mind. Um, never mind. It's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll think of something during the week, and you can you can text us, and then we'll surprise the listeners next week. With oh, so, so uh, Aaron, are you, is it not? Aaron's talking, I don't want to subvert that. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I, I'd be happy to take a recommendation from you. Um, we're just going back and forth, you know. I, I chose Terminator, and then Adam's going to pick one, but... You know, it's, okay. no, it's no big deal. I mean, all right, all right. I'll have a think about it, and I'll I'll let you know later today. Okay, good. Okay, that sounds good. Well, thank oh, you guys okay. for joining me, and thank you to everybody for listening. Remember, you can get us on the socials on Twitter at the Good Bit Pod, and also on Instagram at the Good Bit Pod. Until next time, folks. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you all then. <laughs> <laughs>